Josh talked about the difference between knowing God and being transformed by him. And the fact is, the more we know God, the more we can become like Jesus. Now, you and I aren't going to be perfect this side of heaven, but we are a church that celebrates continually becoming more and more like Christ with each passing year. So today we're going to talk a little more specifically about what it means to follow Jesus and to become servant leaders. And it's Palm Sunday. So we're going to take a look at the passage in scripture that's often referred to as the Palm Sunday passage. Again, we're a church that embraces technology. So while there are Bibles in the row, you can look at those. You can use the Bible app or you're welcome to just follow along on the screen with me. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 through 11. And this passage is called, Jesus Comes to Jerusalem as King, starting in verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt beside her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Is anyone a Nacho Libre fan like me? That verse makes me think of, yeah, who already said it? They are the Lord's chips. Did you not know that? If you need this donkey, tell them it's for the Lord, and they will give it to you. Verse 4, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, which was actually in the book of Zechariah. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray, guys. God, I thank you so much for this Sunday morning, for the opportunity that we have to reflect on Palm Sunday, because, God, we know that the ending of this week is miraculous, and it's something that makes our lives worth living when we celebrate Easter. God, I pray that today you would speak through me. Lord, I pray that we would understand your word, studying it in truth, that you would change hearts this morning, God. Help us to be incredible servant leaders who bring you glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking today about going from lost to leading and about servant leadership and what it looks like to lay down our lives to serve Jesus and those people that he puts in our lives. But before we begin, I want to acknowledge something. I know this from experience, and I know that you might know this from experience as well. Whenever we walk into church and someone talks about anything like uh, submission or generosity or volunteering, sometimes our bodies react in a really weird way. Like the little hairs on our neck kind of stand up. You know how we can feel offended by what's being said? And I just want to get rid of that right now and let you know that anything we talk about today in servant leadership, if you're feeling compelled or drawn to do something new and different in your life, that's not coming from me. See, we've been praying leading up to today that God would speak to each of you individually as you're open to his direction in your life. So let's just be open to becoming better leaders today. Okay, we all agreed? Good, Uh, two of you have agreed. Thank you, great. Well, let's go ahead and look at our first point right up here on the screen. And we can take this from the Palm Sunday passage that we just read together. 
We lead best by following Jesus. That's a highly opinionated statement that I will stand behind all day long. Think about the disciples in this Palm Sunday passage. They were people who had spent so much time with Jesus, and they were happy to follow him, and yet they were leaders in their own right as well. And I have no doubt that you're a person of influence, maybe in your school, here at church, at work, maybe even in your neighborhood. But what would you say if I told you that your leadership is guaranteed, guaranteed to improve if you were to consistently trust, seek, and act upon the direction that God gives you. Guaranteed. Think about it. If you were the captain of a team, I'm thinking back to my elementary school days, I loved kickball and Foursquare, and we might have been friends in the classroom, but we were probably not friends playing Foursquare, okay? I wanted only the best people because I wanted to win. And so if you're a captain of a team, you want to choose the best players, right? So with Jesus, we literally have the one person who is both fully manned and fully God who knows all things available to help us. Jesus knows the future. I don't know my future. Do you know your future? (laughs) I don't know your future either. Jesus knows what our spiritual enemy, Satan, is up to. And he also knows our weaknesses. I have a bunch of those, and you might have some of those as well. And no number of human advisors could help us lead and serve like Jesus can. Maybe you're super talented. Cool. Good for you. I'm sure your mom is very proud of you. But I'll tell you what. Human talent, skill, and knowledge are 100% limited. But Jesus' wisdom for us is unlimited. Why on earth would any of us want to lead in the positions he's given us without asking for his input? And no matter how talented you or I are, it's not going to carry us as far as a commitment to consistently seeking God's help will carry us. Let me put it this way. Do any of you know a super talented person who crashed and burned in life because they were trying to handle things on their own? Anyone? And this may not be someone you know personally. Unfortunately, we see this all the time in the media, don't we? We see it in the business world. Uh, We see it in sports. And we see it in the church, don't we? And here's the reason why this happens. There's a little thing that each of us possesses called free will. It's what leads us to choose on our own accord whether we are going to go from lost to leading, or whether we're going to wander through our lives without purpose. You see, we get to choose whether we ask Jesus for his help. And I love that about Jesus. He doesn't force himself upon us in that way because he is the perfect servant leader. So let me ask you, have any of you ever read the book uh, called Lead Like Jesus by Ken Blanchard? Anyone heard of this book? Okay, it's very popular. I would absolutely recommend it to you no matter how old or young you are, no matter what industry you're in. It's an incredible book. And it was so successful that Ken went on to launch an organization called Lead Like Jesus. And in 2013, I was, giving, I was given an incredible opportunity to be mentored for one year by the CEO of Lead Like Jesus. And her name is Phyllis. And I'm going to share with you a little story about how I nearly failed in my leadership, failing to serve well. Uh, just to give you an insight into how easily these things can happen in our lives. So it was 2013. I started this mentoring relationship where I had these calls regularly with Phyllis, and it was just perfect timing. I knew God worked it out because I called her up for our first call, and I said, Phyllis, I've got this problem, and I really need your help. I was leading an incredible organization surrounded by amazing leaders, but there was one person on my team whom I deeply loved but wasn't performing to their potential. 
Also, we, they weren't a, quite a culture fit for the organization, and they were also having some relational issues with the volunteers. So this was um, a difficult situation that I needed to lead through pretty quickly. So my gut said, we just need to let this person go, cut our losses, it's going to be painful, and then we'll move on. So I asked Phyllis about it and said, well, what do you think I should do? Knowing that because she's the CEO of Lead Like Jesus, she would know what I should do. And you know what she said to me? She said, well, what has God told you to do? And I was like crickets on the phone line. I said, I don't know. I just think I'm supposed to fire them. That's what, that's what I said, which is embarrassing. But that's what I said. And she said, you know what? I'm not going to give you advice until you have clarity on what your next step is. And that forced me to look at the situation differently when I could have just made a, a quick decision and move on. And do you know what? Over the next couple of weeks, by God's grace, through some circumstances that changed, through some conversations I had, God very clearly showed me to keep this person on staff, that we would work relationally to develop them. That was four years ago. And this person has not only succeeded, but went on to be promoted. And I am so thankful that Phyllis encouraged me to just stop and ask God what I should do as a servant and a leader, because it would have dramatically affected this person's life and mine. So back to this point about Jesus being the servant leader's best source of wisdom. See, there's a global epidemic today that I'm sure you're familiar with, and that is many of us spend our lifetimes wandering around. We go from place to place, job to job, relationship to relationship, which isn't such a bad thing in and of itself, but the fact is we do this without purpose in our lives and it can result in a great sense of emptiness. And if you're here today, and you feel that you lack purpose in life, I want to encourage you and say the fact is, if you follow Jesus, I have good news for you. You already have a purpose in life, and you're going to see it right up here on the screen. For those of us who follow Jesus, our purpose in life is to know God well and to bring him glory. We want to know God well and we want to bring him glory. And if you're a detailed person like me, you're already saying, okay, Dana, that's really not very specific. This is lame, move on. No, listen, (laughs) here's why it's not specific. Because we are all called to that same purpose, to know God well and to bring him glory, but it plays out differently in each of our lives. We might have a man on this side of the auditorium who's seeking to know God well and to bring him glory, and the outcome of his life looks entirely differently than a woman on this side of the auditorium who's pursuing God in the same way. So I think that the more we know God, the more he reveals to us about ourselves and the better understanding we gain of what he wants us to do. And we get to serve him and lead others in unique ways as a result of that. So I'm a child of the 80s. Did anyone else here grow up in the 80s? Amazing decade. Okay, so something I loved to do as a kid, you're going to see it right up here on the screen, was read these books that are called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. Yeah, all right, come on. Josh doesn't know what that is because he's too young, but the rest of us know what those books are. Okay, so these books, uh, if you're not familiar with them, they basically, you're choosing your own adventure as you go along. Every couple pages, there's a, a shift and they pause in the book and say something like, if you think Jim and Sally got lost in the woods, turn to the next page. Or if you want Jim and Sally to discover gold, skip ahead to chapter four. And they're really kind of appealing to the interest that you have. And I, of course, liked choosing my own adventure. And I believe that deep down, God hardwired each of us with a DNA to want to do things using the gifts that he's given us. But we literally get to choose our own adventures in life when we follow Jesus' guidance to serve others. I'm going to show you where we learn about that in scripture. You'll see on screen Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. 
says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I love this verse where it says handiwork there. Some translations say we are God's masterpiece. Isn't that beautiful? I think it's so neat to to think of ourselves that way. And the truth is, in my Choose Your Own Adventure book of life, I didn't anticipate being anywhere near where I am today. If we'd sat down for lunch together 20 years ago, I would have told you I was about to choose the adventure of earning my MBA, um, becoming a corporate executive, and living somewhere outside of Indiana. And I couldn't have been more wrong on all counts. (laughs) But that's okay, because it all boiled down to little choices that I was able to make Every couple pages of my life, as God put new opportunities in front of me, he gave me new chances to serve people, and it became irresistible to me. He had put those desires in me, and the more I knew him, the more I wanted to do those things. And now hear me say, it wasn't wrong at all that I wanted to get my MBA or that I wanted to be an executive or live outside of Indiana. All those things are fine, but that wasn't God's best plan for me, in my opinion. So don't just take my life story as an example of this principle, though. We can think of plenty of other people that you know and plenty of people in history who had the free will to go their own way. But as they drew closer to Jesus, they began desiring to follow him more and to lead with excellence so that their lives could bring him glory. I think of people like Paul in the Bible. There are athletes today who are using their national platform to lead their teammates and their fans to point them to Christ. Of course, there are missionaries, and certainly right here at Mercy Road, we have some incredible people who are launching nonprofit organizations to meet specific needs in our community. You see, we aren't born suddenly capable of serving and leading in specific ways that bring God glory, but we move towards that lifestyle as we do small acts of service and as God shows us who he created us to be over time. So don't miss this. You know, we already read in the Palm Sunday passage that Jesus asked the disciples to go fetch a donkey for him. And I think what's incredible is there's no explanation there that says the disciples were surprised that he asked them to do that. Uh, His request wasn't odd to them. And the reason was because they had been with Jesus. They knew Jesus. They knew him to be a man who dined with outcasts. They knew Jesus to be someone who healed people, who was open to interruptions. I want to be like that someday. (laughs) And Jesus was someone who loved marginalized people. And they knew that he loved to serve others, so they were happy to serve him. So when we talk about servant leadership and following Jesus' example to serve others, I'm not just saying you should schedule a mission trip, you know, a couple a year and check that off your list. I'm actually challenging every one of us to live a missional lifestyle, to recognize that Jesus brings people our way every day who need help and love. And looking back over the past few decades of my life, I can see that God's plan was way better than the one that I had in mind. And I think this is really good news because it means that any of us can go from lost to leading, anytime, anywhere. The circumstances of your life today do not prevent you from being able to become a servant leader today with God's help. You can ask God for the opportunity to serve and to lead and to have a heart for others And he will help you make a difference because that's a prayer that our loving father loves to answer. So being relatively new to Mercy Road, I've been asked many times lately how it is that God equipped and prepared me to come into this role that I have on staff. And the quick answer is that I simply started small. And the little bit longer answer is that I really caught the vision for a church online and online ministry, which is part of what our Lost Leading campaign is funding 
right now. I caught a vision for that when our church was involved, when our family was involved in a church in Oklahoma in 2002. So I just started volunteering there. It was the easiest thing I could do. Over time, I became a leader of some volunteers, and then our family felt called to move to Arizona to help launch a new location for that church. And Chris and I were strangely compelled to start paying off debt because we wanted to live more generously. And then eventually our family received a very odd invitation to go fetch the donkey, if you will. And that was an invitation to sell everything we owned and to take our young kids and to move overseas. We ended up becoming missionaries and raising funds just to put food on the table. We launched a nonprofit organization, and God just stirred within us this great passion of launching online churches in non-English speaking countries. And you're probably thinking, whoa, that escalated quickly. But the fact is, these things happened one day at a time over the course of more than a decade. Okay, so I'm telling you the quick story, but I'm telling you I'm not who I was at all. By God's grace, he has changed me and put different desires in my heart. And I'm so thankful that he gives me opportunities to serve and lead. Well, eventually, after we were overseas, God led our family back to the U.S., and I was hired to be a pastor at that same church we were part of in Oklahoma. And after about four years in that, road, on, in that role, uh, my husband Chris felt led that our family needed to come back to Indianapolis just because of the growth of the company that he works with here in the city. So we followed the direction of the Spirit, and we came here in December 2015. And since that time, I have been able to be in conversation with Josh and become familiar with Mercy Road and eventually was invited to come on staff. So here we are today. I've already told you I'm not at all where I expected to be, but I just love and embrace what God did because he's helping me choose my own adventure towards a life that I never dreamed I would live. And something I don't want you to miss here is that when we're focused on being servant leaders, if we're willing to do small things with great faith— I love this. Don't miss this. We don't have to manufacture our adventure. We don't have to manufacture our adventure. God lays it out ahead of us one day at a time, one step at a time, and it is thrilling to live out. So to be a servant leader, we sometimes end up doing crazy things for Jesus that others don't appreciate or even agree with. So let me ask you, in light of the fact that we're in the middle of a campaign to raise funds, to buy a bus, and to buy equipment to upgrade our online campus, is God leading you to do something that's just a little bit crazy? I hope so. If you're a guest with us today, we're in the middle of a campaign to expand our church's ministry, but we are not asking you to give. However, if you're part of the Mercy Road community, I want to show you a video here in just a second that's going to explain a little bit more about our online campus and the Lost to Leading campaign. So I'm sitting here with Rob Elder, our online campus pastor, and we're excited to share with you uh, where we're at with the Lost the Leading campaign. Uh, just two weeks ago, we announced we'd like to raise $50,000 to purchase a 15-passenger minibus and uh, to upgrade our online campus. And so I brought Rob in here to just share for just a minute what the need is in our tech department for our, our online campus. Yes, yeah, so the last five years, we have really been operating on an initial 
uh, budget that we have for our equipment and we're just we've kind of maxed that out and now we're starting to reach lots of people online we have over a hundred people come to the campus already uh, on a weekly basis and we just have a great vision for what we can do uh, in a 30 mile radius here around Mercy Road Church and eventually taking it global so we're so, ready yeah. to take that forward yeah so we're gonna upgrade things from lighting to the switchers the way the cameras and the tripods and everything that's shooting and capturing what we're doing so that we can really provide the same type of experience that we have here at the church online and make it be something that's really attractive to people that are searching for Christ. So we're going to be able to offer an online experience like we've never been able to do before. And I just want to thank you all for those who have been giving to it. And we really believe that there are hundreds, thousands of people that will be reached online and will give their life to Christ and will attend our services over the course of the lifetime of our church. Be praying as we do that. I'm excited to share with you our $50,000 goal. We're getting close. We already have a $20,000 matching grant from a couple of families and we've uh, raised over $7,000 of that, that match. So we're over halfway to our $50,000 goal which is incredible, awesome. I can't believe it. That's only two weeks in. And so we have until May 7th is our goal to raise those funds. We have a team now yeah. that I just can't believe we have. And this equipment will enable our team and the volunteers they'll raise up to reach all kinds of new people for Christ, uh, genuinely taking them from lost to leading. So pray big that God will raise us the entire funds and we'll be able to purchase this equipment soon. Thanks, back to you. So I can tell you from a decade of my life spent in online ministry that I've seen few things change people's lives like online ministry. And what's incredible is I believe it's the key way that God is using to lead millions of people to a personal relationship with Jesus before he returns. Because what's happening here at Mercy Road through our online campus, there will be people that we won't meet until we're in heaven because we're in other parts of the planet, but we will know that they developed a personal relationship with Jesus because they were able to be part of our community through the online campus. So as we're talking about being servant leaders and having that online campus available, I just want to share this is such a significant way as a community that we can contribute and be servant leaders. But please don't hear me say you have to give to the campaign or you need to start volunteering 20 hours a week at Mercy Road or do anything else. Please don't hear me say that. I just want to challenge you by asking a question that I have to ask myself a lot because we have selfish tendencies as humans. And that question is, are my eyes and heart open to the opportunities that God has placed in my life to do the good works that he prepared me to do. So in the Palm Sunday Bible passage that we read at the beginning of the message, we read that people literally laid their cloaks out for Jesus on a donkey to walk over, and that was the literal royal treatment that was customary in that day to recognize or honor a king. And I think it begs the question, in this day and age, in our culture, what do we do to honor Jesus as our king? And I think part of that answer is we take delight in him. You'll see on the screen, Psalm 37, verse 4. And it says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this is a very important verse to explain clearly. I've had the opportunity to go through this verse with new believers, and the, the thought is, cool, great. If I enjoy who God is, I pray for a Maserati, and the Maserati appears in my driveway. No, that's not what this verse says, okay? So if you take anything away, that's not what you're learning today. But what it is saying is, as we take delight in God and get to know him more, don't miss this, he will supernaturally put the desire in our hearts to do those good things that we don't currently want to do. 
That's amazing news because there's a lot I don't want to do. I need to do some housework later. I don't want to do that. And there are way more significant things I need to do that I'm not bent to do. But God can help me do them, and he can help you do those things as well. How many times have we heard people say they want to follow Jesus? Maybe they would go fetch a donkey. Maybe they would lay down their cloak for him, but they're sure as heck not going to write a check. And they're, please, 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 praying, Jesus, do not send me to Africa to be a missionary, right? How many times have we heard that said? Well, I've said things like that. And the fact is, when we say these things, we really are communicating that we're more interested in holding on to our current circumstances more than we want to surrender to the adventure that we can choose that God has in mind for us. So let me ask you this. Can you guess who loses when we say no to an opportunity? We do. And the fact is, it's because God doesn't need us to do anything. He's simply inviting us into the adventure to take part of it with him, and I don't want to miss out. And true leadership happens when we put others first. You see, here at Mercy Road or any church, it's not a hierarchy. Because I'm on staff doesn't mean you're here to serve me. I'm here to serve you. And we're a community of people who are committed to knowing God better and to bringing him glory. And that means we're going to love each other well and serve, make a difference in our community and make a difference globally through our online campus. And leadership isn't always what you see, a spotlight and a microphone, because we don't even know exactly who stole the donkey in that passage. Did you, know, did you notice? They didn't share the names of the disciples who went and stole the, the donkey. Uh, Jesus' version of leadership isn't what we hear about in culture today. You know, who has the best title, the most significant salary, the most followers on social media? That's not what Jesus is talking about. There are plenty of people who are mentors behind the scenes who are servant leaders. There are people, I'm thinking of an example of a family matriarch who loves her children so much that she's pouring into her kids, her grandkids, her great-grandkids, praying for them continually and leaving a spiritual legacy for generations to come. And leadership isn't about fame, it's about faithfulness. If we're faithful, God will multiply the things that he's called us to. He's going to probably ask you to help serve donuts on Sunday or Saturday night, and we really appreciate you for that, but you know what? He's likely going to ask you to do more, and not even just here at Mercy Road, out in the community and beyond, because he loves you that much, and he's got a great adventure ahead for you. So I want to talk to you about the importance of considering, are we living to our full potential? Do we want to hear Jesus say, well done, when it comes to the end of our lives? So you're going to look at the screen, what I think is a definition of living to our full potential, so that we can keep that in mind whenever we're tempted not to choose the right adventure. And I believe that we live to our full potential when we're leading through situations that require us to depend on God. I'll repeat that. We live to our full potential when we're leading through situations that require us to depend on God. Because servant leadership is literally doing things that we cannot do in our own strength or our own energy. We have to consistently put ourselves in positions to need God's help so that our faith can grow and we can bring him more glory. Think about it this way. Anything you or I can accomplish in our own strength or knowledge really isn't going to bring God very much glory because that's just us doing what we do day in and day out. But we want to go from lost to leading, and we've got some incredible examples for that. If you've ever read Hebrews 11 or Hebrews 12, you know about these incredible men of the faith. If you haven't read it, please go home and read that this afternoon. You're going to read about the faithfulness of Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Joshua and more. These were people who saw miraculous things happen, but it all began with their basic faithfulness. They started small, and they had to risk in order for the future as we know it to change. 
And none of these people did this overnight. And everyone starts small, but their big actions started to multiply God's involvement and his impact through their lives over time. So friends, this is part of what we're referring to every week when I come right up on, here on stage with a microphone and I challenge you to go out there and live boldly and love deeply. This is what we're talking about. Embrace every opportunity God gives you this week and the rest of your life to choose your own adventure in your spheres of influence using the gifts that he's given you because that is servant leadership. Oh.